Genuine Wrestle Boys. Four friends made better friends for a love of professional wrestling. This is Pepperoni Jabroni, owner of Pepperoni Jabronis in New York. Derek's dad taking my job, so I'm taking his job. Cause them, them, them city slickers from Idaho coming into my town in Brooklyn and taking up my jobs, so I'm taking his job. The, the beautiful countryside of Brooklyn? I only like two things in life. Pizza... And professional wrestling. I like those things too. I'm glad. I also enjoy those. I'm glad that you're on our podcast. I'm not. I'm. I'm. To be honest, not stoked on it. You don't like the jabroni, pepperoni jabroni. What do you? What kind of pizza do you like, Zach? Um, pizza. Hot pizza. We Ooh. got that. We got hot pizza. We got cold pizza. We got day old pizza. That's you, what we give to the dogs. Do you have pizza that hasn't been cooked yet? Yeah. Then we gotta cook it so you can eat it. I like your pizza place. I like the cut of your jib. Um, so this is Genuine Russell Boys, a podcast of Ford friends made better friends through a love of professional wrestling. Ford friends? You said Ford friends. Yeah. Uh, Ford focused friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try Fiesta, bro. Uh, Isai. Uh, I'm the poppy in the Fiesta, Matt Stone. Oh, no. I'm Zach. I didn't think of a nickname. I'm Derek. Not Pepperoni Jabroni. Or Danny Boston. Hey, I'm Danny Boston. They sound the same. <laughs> I, I like know. I like pepperoni jabroni. That was a bad one. What? I've, I've done it better. I thought I, that was really I good. I do it all the time in my house. I like it. it. It's pretty good. Pretty pretty good in the, the, in the, the ring. voice. Yeah. <laughs> Something tells me uh me and the pepperoni jabroni wouldn't get along politically. <laughs> I don't I don't know his politics yet. I re- I do know his real name isn't actually pepperoni. <laughs> oh. So he's a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're listening to us on the Eavesdrop Podcast Network. Go to ease-drop.com. Listen to all the shows there. Um, Ease-drop. Ease-drop. That was a real loud bump. Um, yeah, check out Overbooked. Check out, why is that always the first one that comes to my head? Because it's the easiest one to say. Well, and it's a good title. It's a good fitting title. Roasted Games. It's about board games. I just bought a diehard board game. I'm very excited to play it. Ooh. Um, yeah, listen to all of them. Just go to the website, go listen to all of them. Why don't you go to it? Go to Russell Boys Cast on Twitter, give us a follow, interact with us. Go to Genuine Russell Boys on Instagram and uh, do the same things, like our stuff there, like and subscribe, leave a review, slash review boys. Click on the links right there if you're an iOS subscriber, iOS haver, you're a user of an iOS device, yeah, that. Go to stamps.com. No. Blue Chew. Go to bit.ly forward slash review boys. Yeah. Bit.ly forward slash suck your own. Get yourself a book. Why don't you listen to yourself a book and educate yourself? How about that? Shit. And bit.ly slash merch boys. Buy a shirt. Or go go to my trunk. Buy a shirt in my trunk. Yeah. I think that's everything. 
Yeah, that's yeah. everything. Well, this has been another episode of Genuine Russell Boys. Thank yeah. you so much Thanks. for uh, coming. See you later. Bye. This has been our <laughs> All Plugs mini set. Thanks for subscribing to our Patreon. It's not like the biggest party of the summer happened this last weekend. The huh? Summer yeah, Fest. The Fest of Summer. Let's just get into it. Let's just start... fucking do it. Let's go with Takeover. Let's yeah. start with fucking Takeover. We were... Takeover. Guys, so here's the thing. We were all in the same room watching wrestling. It was Whoa. fun. For once. It's been a minute. It was a good time. I drank some Miller Lights. Mm-hmm. You did. I drank. You lived sh- that gimmick. Yeah, well, it's not a gimmick, dude, because uh, my life is made for summer nights and Miller Lights. Hell yeah. But uh, it's not a gimmick. It's a lifestyle. And I also had a Trulies, which was pretty good. Yeah. Those oh, and a mimosa that Esai made with some fancy champagne. Yeah. yeah. Matt was just a, a beverage boy. Yeah. Mm, I was a little, uh, a little soused when I got home. They call me a little soused. <laughs> Um, well, let's get into the card. Um, first match was the Street Profits versus the Undisputed. That wasn't first. Was it first? Yeah. Yeah. That's what opened the show. I'm, my brain's a fog. Uh, Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. Fun match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, fun match. Our prediction was wrong. We were so wrong when we said that the Undisputed Era was going to get all the gold. But they kind of left it open because yeah, it was a I pointed finish. I pointed it out then, and they're like, "Oh, I'm like they didn't really say anything about it." But the undisputed era at the very end of it made a tag. Um, Kyle O'Reilly tagged out to Bobby Fish, and then Street Profits did some dives, hit a big frog frog splash on Kyle, pinned Kyle. That's the wrong guy. Robert they, Robert Fish was the guy. They pinned the wrong guy. Yeah, and so yeah. luckily online they they brought it up and like, oh, this is bullshit. So yeah. That'll be. I'm excited to see how that happens, how it plays out. Yeah, I thought it was a cool mm. match, though. I like the Street Profits. I hope they keep those belts. They're gonna go to Raw, though. No, they're not. Okay. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they already are there, but maybe someday they'll wrestle. They're just the hungover party boys of Raw. They're not the tag <laughs> that, team that champions. That was a fun little bit this week. It we'll was get into that eventually, but um, match of the year: Yoshirai <laughs> versus Candice LeRae. It was very good. It was very it very was... good. Man, my two favorite women's wrestlers. I thought it was great. Candice LeRae, as she pointed out, got to be Candice LeRae again. Yep. And I guess, as yeah. I was watching, I'm like, fuck, I've missed seeing Candice LeRae be able to really go out there and have great matches uh, because she did. She just went out there and just fucking killed it. Yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. And like, I mean, watching these two, watching Candice wrestle someone good, like, helps her so much. Mm hmm. Like, Doesn't he realize how good she really is? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm living uh, for the, eel, heel eel right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, the fact that there was a suplex onto the announce table within like 30 seconds of this match. Yeah, like like I looked away for two seconds. I was like, it just started. Yeah. What are they doing? It was it was so good. It was, I love them. And then also having Candice like pass out the way she did, like keeps her strong and really she good. kicked out of the moon salt. Mm-hmm. So first person to do that in NXT, like, yeah, it's all good. Really yeah. good. It was a great match. Can't wait for nine more. A lot of people thought that was the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. I, my personal favorite. Yeah, mine, mine as well. Uh, Velveteen Dream defeated Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. That, that great match. It was another so great good. match. The the whole ending sequence was just like, I mean, the ending sequence was felt like it was ten minutes long because they were just like hitting like signature moves all back to back for the last like 10 straight minutes of this match. But uh, like having like done ha- lose to both finishers and like 
have dreamed to kind of be sneaky and how he won. Like, it was real good. Kept everyone protected. Yeah, and there was, like, parts where, like, Pete Dunne was about to get the three count and uh, fucking Dream pulled the ref out of the ring. And so, so there's stuff that keeps it going, too, of, like, and then we saw, I saw, you know, on the uh, the most recent episode of NXT, which was, like, the pre-show of TakeOver, uh, they played a clip of uh, Pete Dunne being like, I would have won if I would have been able to get that three count, so I'm coming for mm-hmm. that title. Like, it just keeps the storyline going. But yeah. Dream looked great. Everyone looked great. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy wasn't pinned, but, like, Dunne had it won multiple times if Dream hadn't broken it up. So keeps I, everyone involved. I have a feeling Roddy's going to be real hot going forward. Hot, hot Roddy? Yeah. Hot. It'd be really on fire. This is, a, this is a weird thing that... Um, <clears throat> Why He's gonna burn it down? Why? <laughs> why does Dream holding his hand make it so the count doesn't happen? Because you have to hit the mat three times. Yeah, he has magical hands. It's just like he could count three seconds. No, but you have to hit the mat. Yeah, that's the rule. Break the rules. I don't like them. You want you want them to break the rules. Yep. yep that's keep... what that's the wrestling you want to watch. Yep. One with no rules. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No ring. Wow. No rules. Suburban next fight. GCW. Wow. Yeah, but it's it... just right. <laughs> no ring. No rules. Just no. Right. It it makes a lot of sense. I'm just like someone pointed it out, and I was like, yeah, it's be- it's because you have to hit the mat. Mm-hmm. That's when if I was that... pointed that out. Fuck you. If I was that ref though, and I knew I didn't need to do my job. He would have grabbed my hand. I would have just fucking hit my head on the ground. Yeah, you got two. Three. You got two hands. You got two hands. But he's holding himself up. Well, you. that's why you just flop your body down yeah. and go three. It doesn't work that way because also think about the element of surprise. He wasn't ready for it. Yeah, he was like, "Why is my hand being held? If why he, does it feel so right?" If he had like actually tried, ma- because also in triple threat matches there is no DQ. Yeah, and if he had tried to do that, then the count would have taken longer, and Roddy would have just kicked out. True. True. Sorry, I brought it up. Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. Shayna Baszler won. It was kind of an weird. ugly match. A weird. It wasn't ugly match, good but... as it should have yeah. been. It it wasn't like terrible. Like if if like it just wasn't up to takeover standards for some reason. Well, you know? and it wasn't up to these two people. It wasn't yeah. up to their standards. Like they're very good. Yeah. It, it seemed to me like there was maybe something that got off somewhere like in the middle of the match. And then you'll see even with the best performers that sometimes it's just hard to regroup and go through. And I don't know if that's what happened, but that's kind of how it felt. It was it, like, it just felt like they were on the, like doing a lot of it on the fly. There was a moment where they had to redo a spot where they did like, where something got fucked up. And then you saw them like basically like lock up and talk. Like they're obviously communicating with each other. Like they both had their hair down in front of their faces and were talking and then read to the exact same spot, but actually did something. So something got fucked up. Like it wasn't as bad as some reactions to it. I saw were like Meltzer rate gave it a 1.5 when he gave Ali versus Leva 1.75. And that match was fucking awful. So that I mean I don't think that was fair. Of yeah, it, but like it still wasn't great. Both yeah, of, both of them can do better. I th- I thought it was an average match. I would have given it a, a two point five. Yeah, on a takeover maybe a like a two just because of everything should be elevated on a takeover and that's what you expect. Well, and this came off like an average TV match, right? And mm-hmm. as it stacks up against the rest of the card too, it was it it was clearly the weak point. But again, it yeah. happens to the best of wrestlers. Yeah, and I, like I. It's obvious like the match was booked to be like an ugly like fight, and then when stuff started going wrong, that's not like a good 
type of match to have stuff like that happen in because yeah. it's already supposed to look ugly. And then when stuff isn't fluid and then it's ugly, it's like it's just kind of weird and slow. But Shayna Baszler did a great job though of selling her arm the entire time though. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the by the end of the match it was good. Like the the top rope code blue, you know, code red ha. was ridiculous and like I thought the whole finishing sequence was well done. Like they they brought it home well. Yeah, yeah. Um Adam Cole baby. Thank you. Uh defeated Johnny Gargano. And then three stages of fucking hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh 46 minutes long. <clears throat> Worth it. I thought yeah. this match was way better than some people were reacting. Um, Dave Meltzer, everybody's problematic uncle. Everyone's Meltzer. favorite AEW on the payroll man. <laughs> oh, Noob Japan even more than them. Um, Will Ospreay especially. Anyway, um, he said like, oh, this was kind of overindulgent. And he gave it four stars. But like the wrestling he likes is very overindulgent. Cause like he gave um a match I was I saw, which was Osprey. Um, Evan Bourne and fucking Ricochet versus the Bucks and Cole gave that five stars and it was just spot fest. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were kind of saying. Oh, it was just like spots and just doing a bunch of over the top finishes. But like, yeah, no shit. Like this is the third match. Like what do you do here except for go over the top? Yeah. And like we should describe what it was. So the first one was just a wrestling match. It's a pure wrestling which match. Adam Cole won because Johnny Gargano decided to disqualify himself and use a chair. It's just such a good tactic. Well, it was a smart way to, to segue into the street match that came next. He's like, yeah, I'll take the first loss if it means I get one up on you in the second one. And it made him look like he was crazy and like really strong because like during like 90% of the street fight part of it, he was just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. it was. It felt like there was going to be a heel turn. Yeah, it felt like they were setting up a double turn. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they then swerved us and didn't really do that. But, but maybe they will later. Or maybe that's just like. This is just a blow off. Maybe that's just the Johnny that came that comes out sometimes. I think kind of the narrative that they say, like they tell because Adam Cole did win, um, is that when Johnny goes into that kind of a little bit too far place, it never works out for him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like then though that he Johnny Gargano won the second fall the street fight with like a submission move like with a wrestling move like I just like he Adam Cole won the first you know fall because with because of a chair being used basically yeah. like the street fight thing like a street fight spot and then Johnny won the the street fight with a wrestling move yeah like it was just I thought really smart booking yeah yeah. And then the third one was William Regal announced at the beginning of the show that there's Hello. just going to be... Look at my pervert cage. Just Get a... inside my nasty pervert cage and beat the shit out of each other. Just a there's cage. brass knuckles everywhere. Full of weapons, barbed wire on top. Brass knuckles. An Ambrose Asylum match. Yeah, there was barbed Here's wire. Mitch the Potted Plant. There was just chains that were straight up there for decoration. <laughs> Mitch the Potted Plant, as Zach said. Yeah. Lots of shit, and they yeah. used a lot of it. They did. It was fantastic. For some reason, like it was a really cool looking spot, but it didn't make sense. Adam Cole hit a Panama Sunrise, which is uh, like you leap off like uh, the top rope, or as he did in this case, a ladder, and then hit a um, Canadian Destroyer. But like he went up the ladder, which the rung that he was on was the same height as the ropes. Mm. Yeah, it just looks cool because like oh, he's on a ladder. Also, Panama Sunrise, like. Doesn't matter how high you jump off of because you still land before you do it. Yeah, like uh, if and anything, like jumping from a higher, h- higher up is gonna 
hurt your dick. It's going to hurt your dick. It's going to hurt your chances of having a successful flip. It's like a weird like video game thing where you're like storing up the energy somehow. Like that's what you're supposed to think about it. You're holding down and you're just fucking spamming C so mm. fucking Sonic spins. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and then they do the thing where there's a they bag. They do the deal. There's a bag. I thought it was going to be full of tacks. Everyone no, thought it was, was going to be full, full of, of my brass knuckles. It was just random I weapons. Wire cutter, wire cutters, brass yeah. knucks, um, a picture of Derek when he was a baby was in there. It was super weird. It's very distracting. I was a very cute child. Yeah, they, then they, the match stopped for a good two and a half minutes, and they were just like, what in the fuck is this Who the fuck baby? is this kid? Who's this cute <laughs> baby? Baby. Baby. But then they climb up. Johnny cut some barbed wire just for fun. Just for fun, just to get a little barbed wire in his hands. Well, it's I love it because like they they teased it but didn't really give it to you. Yeah, and then he climbed on top of a platform. Just a cucking Isai. Just a platform that was uh I've taught Johnny well. Just uh positioned between two of the uh between the one of the corners. Uh and they just hopped up on that and then hopped right off of it. <laughs> it threw some dang tables. Yeah. Almost missed the fucking tables. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. terrifying. That's so rough. Um and yeah, Adam Cole won because he had enough energy to put his arm over Johnny. Mm-hmm. Barely it. roll over. The only reason he won. I wish there'd been a few more regal um centric weapons attached to the cage. Like, I don't know, a cup of tea filled with piss. <laughs> Tajiri. Um, Tajiri. <laughs> just hanging out there, just looking as creepy as ever. That'd have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard hat. <laughs> Drugs. Hell, he loved drugs. Yeah, takeover was great. Yeah, like always. Yeah, good time. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an awesome show. I just wanted to watch more wrestling afterwards, and luckily we had the biggest fucking party of the summer the next night, which was fitting, kind of you know light and breezy. Yeah, good for a summer night. What like three hours? Three and a half. I like. I watched it and I was like, oh, it's already almost over. I liked it. So before we go on, um. Just want to shout out Dr. Blurg. 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 Blurg's awesome. Blurg. 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 Blurg, you need to come back on the show sometime. Yeah. Um, also, the weirdest thing I've seen in a public bathroom, um, well, it's actually not seen, but I heard I was in the bathroom. I just walked in and there was a guy in the stall and he was just like, I'm taking a dookie. He was like singing to himself. When was this? Why would this you was go like to couple... the bathroom? At... Why'd you go into the bathroom at my house when I was there? Uh, this was a couple months ago at work. I'm taking, well, dude, I like, I feel like singing when I get paid to shit. But like, it was like, mm-hmm. also like, I walked in there and like, he was mid song. <laughs> like Sick. he was in like, the, he was in like the, the bridge before the, yeah. the <laughs> that's the, one of the weirdest things I've, I've seen in a public bathroom. Um, that, yeah, that's I, great. Why are we shouting out Doctor Blurg though? I love it. Though. The internet, Twitter. Oh, I, I just I, I tweeted I what's the, what's the random tangent we should go on today? You talking and, about Dookie? And Blurg was like, um, they were talking about Dookie. Shout out, shout shout me out, <laughs> and then talk about the weirdest thing that you've seen in a public restroom. Well, there you go. I oh, used to be the man. reason okay. people saw a weird thing in a public bathroom. Derek, don't just say that. And the reason is you. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> reason is you. Um, my friends and I. We, there would always be four of us because we would we all worked in the same call center. We would go to the other bathrooms on the other side of the building, turn all the lights off, and we called it a group poop. And we would just sit and talk and shit. Without and, in the dark. Yeah. That would be hard you for sit, me. You talk your shit? Yeah. It sucks when you're wiping. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> but 
people would walk in and hear us just talking with the lights off, just walk out. They'd be like, what is happening? Yeah, I, I think I was a part of someone's weirdest bathroom experience. Uh, but it was all of them. It was a mistake. It was all by mistake. And this was right around the time that Idaho Senator Larry Craig uh, oh, was oh, in no. trouble okay. for uh, you know, trying to solicit um, gay sex in a, a Minnesota airport bathroom. Um, um, which just a reminder, rampant homophobe and yeah, ter- horrible, terrible piece of man, shit. horrible so. piece of shit. But he was trying, uh, he was trying to get crazy hypocrite. Yeah. But fucking, so we were on this family road trip and I thought my older brother was in the stall next to me at this like rest stop. So I like put my foot under there and started tapping it and then put my hand under there. Cause like just trying to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then I left the bathroom and my older brother was sitting down at the table with my family and it was a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good that like nothing happened. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's. One of the other were weird. You, were you at a rest stop? Is yeah, it was, just, it, was, it was a rest stop that also had like a buffet in it. Because that's terrifying. Oh, like those a truck stop. Those it was tr- a tr- yeah. Truck, oh, truck stop. Like are wild. Boys. you meant like the rest area. Oh no, no, it was like a truck stop. There was an all-you-can-eat buffet there, which we Ooh. stayed and ate. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, just in one of those nice Eastern Oregon uh, truck stops. But yeah, so I technically tried to solicit sex in a men's bathroom. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, I mean. Fuck, I don't know. I probably I was in high school. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. One of the other weirdest things that didn't necessarily happen to me, but I was witness to the the reaction is Brady, HeroWrestling.com. HeroWrestling.com. Um, we were at a show at Brawl Studios, mm. and we went to the gas station real quick, and he's like, I got to use the bathroom. Just walked in, and he was like, gave the weirdest look. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I just see? He said he, he opened the door. There was a guy there, and he was in the middle of wiping his ass, and like he caught him by surprise so much, the guy put both his hands up, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and fuck. then he had the shit paper in his hand, so it just like all the shit paper was just there. <laughs> they just made eye contact for like three seconds, and then he shut the door. <laughs> That's not my go-to. I would just be like, oh, in here, it, oh, oh, in here, I'm in oh, here. Uh, oh, hey, oh, I'm in, I'm in here. Oh, somebody's here. Oh, <laughs> oh, someone's in here. And uh, the last thing that I, I got the tweet from was, Bryson, it's your fault we didn't hang out. Yeah, fuck you, Bryson. Yeah, Bryson, it's your fault. Fucking Bryson. I wish I knew you, Bryson. Hit me up in October when you're here. There you go. There you go. Okay. The biggest party of the summer. Summerfest. Summerfest. Uh, first match. Yeah, wait, wait. Overall, real quick. Overall reaction. What do you guys think? Loved it. Fun show. Loved mm-hmm. it. Because of the match before the last match, I it made the entire show great for me. Um, It was a little weird at first. I thought some of the booking decisions really sucked at first. And then the last couple things really brought it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Um, right. It left it on a good fucking note. Mm-hmm. Drew Gulak defeated Oni Lorkin. Drew Gulak. Uh, Punched him ma- in the fucking Adam's mm-hmm. apple. This match is way too short for what these two should have gotten. And then they had the, the real good match on 205 Live this week. So. Oh, sick. That's how it goes. Uh, Buddy Murphy defeated Apollo Crews. That was good. It was good. When we um, get... By DQ, technically, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. His Roman kicked Buddy in the face. Yeah, which <laughs> led to a match for Buddy Murphy on SmackDown that was fucking awesome yeah well apparently i read a like a rumor or something that Meltzer said that um the only reason buddy murphy got into the spot he was in was because he was an accident yeah someone saw him he just happened to be there hanging out backstage and pointed out they're like oh well let's throw him in yeah he was just in a picture that they they posted and he was just like 
oh, it must be Buddy Murphy. And so like, well, fuck, now we got to do it. And now it, he's like having matches on Raw, like with Roman? No, right? he had a, a, a match Smack, on SmackDown. Smackdown. And Probably. it was a star-making match for Buddy Murphy. Like, it was so good. That's the se- so... the secret's out as, uh, as fucking... Tom Phillips? No, Tom Phillips said, yeah. Uh, I guess the secret's out. Four yeah. hours is a long, long flight. I was just going to say. Uh, just really ramming that down your throat. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it was good. I'm I'm stoked to see Buddy Murphy in that position. That's cool that it just happened by uh, him being literally in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah. we'll get to that match in a bit, but yeah, it was it's cool. Yeah, it was Br- Brian Alvarez, the one that did it. And it was just funny. He was just like the only reason <laughs> that he was even in that match is an accident. He's just like, okay, that sucks. <laughs> and Brian Alvarez, it sucks. He loves SmackDown, actually. Mm. He reviews it with Filthy Tom every I just, week. I love to hear him say it, think, that things suck. Oh, I know. He gets so heated. <laughs> Very nice guy, though. He was one of the nicest people at uh, StarCast. Took pictures, chatted with us. He's the one that took the picture of me and Filthy Tom Waller. Wow. So I was like, uh, hey, man, I got to know. Do I buy pictures? Like, he was like, hey, Tom, just take a picture with him. Here, I'll take it. Here, give me your phone, man. Like, thanks. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. I listened to you. Like, <laughs> Four times a like six times a week. <laughs> he looks just as dorky as he sounds. He does, but nice guy. He's very nice. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated the Icornics. Uh, Billy Kay is the worst person on the roster. Name me somebody that is worse as a wrestler. Lana. As a like, I don't consider her as a wrestler. <laughs> like the close thing I can think is Mojo. And I think he is better. Yeah, he might be. Billy Kay is the worst professional wrestler in WWE. <laughs> it was like, I wanted to like them so much I in know. this match. And I was just like, I can't. Me Even too. like them walking out wasn't fun like it usually is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just over it. But yeah, and like that's the thing. Is like, they're not being used right. So yeah. like nobody, it's like nobody cares about them. Their shtick got old. They didn't build any uh, anything of substance with them. And then they can't work. Yeah, I mean, they are, I mean, we've seen it on NXT. They're fantastic characters. I think when they're in a match with people who are really good, it's fun to watch them. I enjoy them. I enjoy hearing them on commentary. But, yeah, the match just wasn't very good. The matches, yeah. the, the... Who's somebody that's worse than Dilly K? Me. And WWE, that's assigned main roster talent. Um, Bes- besides Lana, who is more of a valet than a wrestler. Tom Phillips. You can shove some things down your throat because four hours is a real long flight. Four hours is a long flight. I don't know. She's not good. She's not good. They're not good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But good, that's relative, I guess. I don't know. No, it's not. (laughs) She's bad. Like, I have never. I won't say that. You need to. I'm not going to say it. I like Alexa Bliss in promos. I've never really cared about her wrestling. I feel like she has some she pretty cool moves. She's great. gotten better. She's got some she, good moves in she, her arsenal. She's been working with Mike Quackenbush of Chikara fame. Okay. And like working on cool like the lucha spots and stuff like that. And it's starting to it's finally starting to come out because she's been working with them for like six months. Okay. I it's and, not, like and she has like some really cool spots that she's learned with him. I think she's also just getting a lot more fluid as a wrestler. Like yeah. and having her in a tag a tag team and not being the the main person mm-hmm. pushing the division. Really helps out because then she'd come in, hit some cool moves, hit some cool spots, do her bitchy face, and then like Nikki goes in there and is the workhorse because she's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they have pretty good chemistry together. They do. I like the, uh, I like the dynamic now. Like they're really hitting their stride in that team. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I just said that. And I think they're going to be really fun champions. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Becky Lynch defeated Natalia. 
It was okay, man. I'll say this: Canada not feeling Natalia. Yeah, why yeah. does Canada? It was it was uh it was half and half, but it's because of Becky. Like they put them in both in no win situations because Becky got a half and half reaction. Natalia gets a half and half reaction. Then like they're just kind of like fighting to try to get over fifty percent. And so like when Becky got the sharpshooter on Natalia. They're like, what the fuck? No, fuck you. That's Brad. He's from Canada. Mm. You don't get to do that. You goddamn redheaded they, person. They really don't enjoy um, other people putting the sharpshooter on hearts in Canada. No, <laughs> I, there for, was a second reasons. One, there was a second that I was like, are they going to do that? Yeah. Apparently they, they have gonna, a million times, right? They've yeah. done it yeah, to so Natalia. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it it was it was okay. But yeah, it was just that the the, the crowd wasn't really into it. Which, and then when Italia had her in the sharpshooter, they started coming up. Yeah. And then when Becky broke it, they booed so loud. Yeah. It was such... I understand why they booked it, but also it, it was really dumb because it just plays against both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll get to it too, but on Raw, I feel like they might have painted themselves into a uh, tip, a dangerous oh, they're, corner. They're fine with what they did. I know, but it's... I don't... I it, feel like it's, it's going to sacrifice Becky Lynch. <laughs> it's fine because we're about to get another... Uh, main event on a pay per view that's women, yeah, which is great. Yeah, which is great. What angle is going to be unless you do Kurt. Eric, um, Karen, <laughs> Karen Angle? Um, what angle is going to be hotter unless you do Seth versus Brock again, which we'll get to. Yeah, uh, Goldberg defeated Dolph Ziggler. Uh, match of the year. This is exactly what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that Dolph's new gimmick is the Black Knight for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it really is. Black, even... Martin Lawrence and Black Knight. Yeah. Flesh wound. He, he even said it was just a flesh wound on Raw. Really? Yeah. yeah During the Miz bit, he said it's just a flesh wound. So I, that is literally his gimmick. I do not like it. I feel like Dolph Ziggler, it's the most annoying thing to be like, that all you got, Goldberg? Yeah, but, you no, beat me, but you I, couldn't do it what twice. Is, what is Dolph Ziggler? Annoying, but it's like... I, you cannot say this is the most annoying thing Dolph has done because it's the 10th most <laughs> annoying thing he's done in the last six months. I, I am really not a fan of it. I just like... I don't... It, it, it's... I don't know. It's stupid to say it's pointless because a lot of shit on WWE TV is pointless. Anything with Goldberg is essentially But it's pointless. not going to do... Matt, it's fucking fake. It's but all it... pointless. <laughs> well, it's predetermined, bro. It's not fake. <laughs> it's not fake. It's predetermined. No, it's fucking fake, right? It's predetermined. Thank you. I like this character. <laughs> it's not fake. <laughs> Still real to you, damn it. <laughs> yes. No, I know, I know. But it's like, it's not going to do anything for Dolph. It's not going to do anything for the people beating the shit out of Dolph. It wasn't supposed to do anything It's for just Dolph. taking up TV it time. Just, it was supposed to be redemption for Goldberg this on Sunday. But is this thing, but it happened on Raw, too. It's just like, yeah. it's, not, it's not helping anybody. It's fine. It is what it is. What I did love about it. Stop fun! Dolph can sell one hell of a speed. Oh, yeah. He he, yes, he can. When he landed on his feet and then fell on the ground, that was the most it's, ridiculous it's thing ever the most Shawn Michaels-ass sell he could possibly do. I'm surprised he didn't somehow go over the ropes and then try to hang on. <laughs> yeah, right. I, like, I don't give a fuck about Dolph Ziggler, but I love watching him sell. I used it's to really so like fun. him. Um, he used to be over. Yeah. yeah. Now he's he over. To, now, he yeah, now he's over. AJ Styles defeated Rick. Oh, Chet. I thought it was a good match that I think needed to get to an extra, like another gear. Yeah. But it was still really good. I love the... But this wasn't their blow-off or whatever. They're going to have more, right? I feel they will because on Monday, like, Ricochet came and was trying to beat up the club. But um, Ricochet selling the leg the entire time 
was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then they did the Koto Ibushi, um, AJ Styles uh, finish mm-hmm. from uh, Phoenix Splash into the Styles Clash. Yeah. Which was so sick. Yes. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Koto Ibushi, congratulations. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, Ricochet running on the club's shoulders. That was cool. So cool. That was cool. And his, like, his uh, one-legged springboard clothesline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is so good. And I feel um, with what they announced that they're going to be doing, that it's doing it all for one person, and it's him. And we'll get into what they're going to be doing. Okay. <laughs> like we're going to a break <laughs> after these messages. Next match. On no Summer rules Slam. just right. Alpex Steakhouse. <laughs> Bailey defeated Ember Moon. This, I feel bad for this match because they worked hard and it was pretty good. It's just like after the Goldberg thing and then you have like Ricochet and AJ flying around. It just, it, they just didn't seem to care. Yeah, well, because yeah. that's what I thought when I was watching it. I was like, this is a really sturdy match. Like, this is really mm-hmm. good. Both of them are really good. They're working really hard. Uh, but it's just, I think it's just one of those things that on those big pay-per-views. Uh, this is where it just feels a little long. When Right when you get, you're like kind of right in the middle. And it's mm-hmm. just one of those ones that you're just, I don't know. You're just taking it in. But it's, oh, the emotional uh, investment wasn't. I feel either. if you restructure the card and you move Goldberg, um, like to that main ski? No, like even semi main or like right before semi main, like just switch some stuff around. It could really hit different mm. because you have this before that, and I feel like you're gonna have the crowd like way more into it. Yeah. Also, like just the like Canadian crowd is hard to predict, anyways. So like they sometimes we're in bizarre world. Yeah, that whole thing that they talk about. Like sometimes they just don't care about stuff. Like yeah, this is a really good match that y'all are getting to see. Like. I did yeah. like the finish of Bailey and Ember Moon with the the biggest fucking Bailey to belly from mm-hmm. the top rope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think Bailey's really good. So yeah, mm-hmm. Bailey's very good. It's great. Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon. Um, they kind of mm-hmm. made Kevin Owens like, look like a, an idiot, but he was so fucking over. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. things. Anytime you introduce like Elias and you have like the special enforcement, it's just overbooked. It is. And so yeah, Kevin was great. The the match they and, it was the best Shane match since AJ Styles. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And it was great. Uh and, and he it, was so over and the fans got went home happy with his match because he hit him with a boot and a stunner. And that's what they wanted and that's what mm-hmm. they got. Yeah. They at least they delivered. So yeah. I love was, seeing babyface Kevin. It's so Me cool. Too. Like he's so good at it. And I feel like it's yeah, it's crazy because it's like he didn't change anything other than who he's mad at. Well, he, yeah, he takes like his persona that he had in Ring of Honor of wrestling's worst nightmare because this is kind of what he did, and then just points it a little bit more at like the bad guys. So it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck Jim Cornette. Well, that Stun Owen Stun shirt is real good. Oh yeah, yeah, that is good. Cool. Yeah. Fuck Jim Cornette again. Yeah. yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him. Charlotte Flair defeated Trish Stratus. I thought Trish was awesome. This is a match. very good match. Trish hadn't worked a singles match in like 13 years. Yeah. Jesus. Since she won the title last in her yep. retirement match. And it was great. She looked great selling. She looks like she hasn't aged a fucking mm-hmm. day. No. Yeah. She like is as she's like more athletic. Than How did she, when she retire was... when she was 30? Yeah, that's wild. I don't know. I mean, I mean, she has been like a personal trainer and yoga instructor since then, so she's in great shape. But ring shape is different. Like, and, and Charlotte Flair is really good too. Well, and knowing where to go and what to do, all her like, instincts were there. Yeah, like, there, yeah. Her selling was so good. Mm. Um, like everything, like when she was like firing up and hitting like her moves, they all looked great. 
I thought it was a great match. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I want more Tristratus. Mm. Well, you're not going to get yeah, it. Yeah, that was her last I match want, ever. But I want more Tristratus. Well, then go Wasn't back in time. <laughs> I don't have a time machine. Well, you got the WWE Network, brother. For $9.99. What, you can watch previous matches that have happened on the WWE Network? Yeah, yeah. man. What? Yeah, it's not just an NXT machine. Yes, it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton ended in a double countout. Ugh. Yeah, it was all right. It was a fine. Match it was the and... slowest match in the world. Yeah, it was like it was fine at times, but it was real slow and like the ending was weird. Ending was like the the cameras didn't capture like at all what the ending was supposed to be. Yeah, like. I didn't get it until after well, they when showed he was the... talking to his kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they showed the replay and Randy was like staring at like your daddy's a butthead. Yeah, you're staring at Kofi's kid, like right there in the front row. I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna give your dad the dick handshake. <laughs> I shit in your dad's bag. And then, yeah, and then, and then Kofi's like, "You're not gonna touch my son with your dick hand." And then they both got to count. The it. booking of it was another thing that was just felt overbooked. And it's like, why fucking do that mm-hmm. finish? Because you just got one of your top baby faces booted in the it's fucking building. The same, like it's. The same exact fucking finish as AJ and Samoa Joe for the WWE title at last year's SummerSlam. Yeah, it was, is. Oh, Except weird. one of them, it is the heel taunting the face champion's family leading to a double countout. Yeah. Except that one was at least more like violent and like that visceral. One, yeah, that one was much better. That I liked that Windy one. I liked that play. one. Daddy's coming. Or it's like, I'll be your new daddy. Oh, that was fucking gold. Yeah. Randy's like, I'm going to fucking... Smoke your cigarettes and you know, I'm, I'm gonna go pray in a school. Got some parliaments, kids. <laughs> Wendy, spicy nuggets are back. <laughs> Wendy, dip my french fries in the frosty. I had Wendy's yesterday because the spicy nuggets are back. Yeah, I had an impossible whopper today. I'm really glad that Burger King's on top of that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a I had a vegan shake today. It was nice. Oh, a big one? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Are they good? Yeah, coconut yeah, coconut ice cream. I don't like Ooh, coconut boy. bases because it just tastes like coconut. Yeah. Coconut it was like there. it was like orange orange coconut. Give me like a uh, more of like a maybe an almond milk or cashew milk yeah, base. I, I agree with that. I like those. Cashews real cream. I'm just not a coconut guy. That's just me. Same. But I understand it. My favorite part of the night. The fiend. Oh, yeah. Finn Balor. That was Wait, so bad. God, First off, lantern. let's talk about Finn Balor wearing the white trunks. Yo, and you could just see whole his dick. hog. Mm-hmm. Finn, whole We're not, even, like, ta- we're not even talking hog anymore. You just see his dick. Mm-hmm. His fucking penis. Yeah. It, his dick. He came yeah, out looking you, you like an angel in white. Bell mm-hmm. and Van, Van, Van's deference, the whole thing. Yeah. He, went out as, with, he went out of the bank. As hot, as hot Carl would say, Carl Anderson, he said he, he is fucking thigh high uncut penis. <laughs> thigh high uncut penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could see the whole dick. It yeah. was great. When I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't think he would give this to us. No, he's going to hold us over until he comes back. It is the biggest party. you fucking go for Captain fucking New Japan? <laughs> it's the biggest party of the fucking summer. I'm doing the weird finger gun. I'm the real fucking shooter. <laughs> Shooting something I don't right think now. he's. I don't think he's ever shot a gun in his life. I don't know. Apparently he doesn't fucking do cardio, which I'm like, okay, liar. Yeah. Fucking liar. He just has never had a carb. Yeah, he doesn't have a real workout plan. Except for when he used to just get blasted with Carl Anderson. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's oh, talk. Oh man, the fiends about entrance. The fiends let's get into it. Entrance. Okay, so you do the whole power down gimmick like they've been doing. It's like, okay, this is cool. Like they're changing it. And I was just 
Um, I was watching it with uh, Brady, wrestling.com, and Ashley, wrestling.com. <laughs> um, and I was Mr. like, Mr. Ass's biggest fan, Assman's biggest fan. Um, I was like, okay, please don't have the same song. Please don't have the same song. Yeah. Well, they did have the same song. But it is not the same song. But by Code Orange. Co- yeah. A Code Orange remake. Yeah. I, I listened to it because I, I do listen to Code Orange. I listen to them today. Um, Fucking great band. I thought the singing was too good to be their singer. It's when she hit a certain note. I'm like, yeah. that's Reba. Yeah. And then like the guitar tone was 100% there. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was the same. I was like, man, someone's jocking them. But like... The song is incredible. If you listen to it with headphones, there's a lot of because they do weird production stuff in their songs. Dude, I love, I love that. Like w- when people put like textural stuff in Ooh, music. It's so listen, cool. listen to their their newest EP. Okay, um, Corey Taylor. It, that's all. There's like weird cuts throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's really cool when when bands do that. Uh, yeah. So you love Slipknot? Uh, yeah, dude. Because we are not your kind, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I mean, so for one, I'm stoked because the first time I ever saw that band, um, they were like selling old wrestling shirts or something from their from their Jimmy. band. Well, and Reba was wearing a Stone Cold shirt. Like they're they're like they've loved this their whole life. Their band's a wrestling gimmick. Um, they so it's just it's cool for me to see this band that I saw in basements have a yeah. song that is so good. Like. I listen to that song because it's good. It's yeah. a good song. I love like the the hurt and the heel chance they had in it. Um, yeah. Um, so Brett. So the fiend starts coming out. Like with all you see is a light illuminating I, from a lantern. I, yeah, and you kind of start seeing. Oh, is that Brett? Like I because I could see the dreads. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, like what like what's going on is that just bray's face what's happening here and i was like oh fuck that's a lantern <laughs> of his deceased of his like severed head it's like bray's yeah. severed his head severed as a lantern head. and it, he's just fucking swinging it and it's really cool and then the fucking apparently uh, they cut that out of youtube it's a lantern don't it's you, everybody's overthinking it oh, they're really? fine their toys are already being made of it okay it's, mm-hmm. it's not a thing the, youtube Right now is a wasteland for people wanting to actually keep their revenue. Oh, okay. They're probably, they're honestly just cutting it out to make sure that video doesn't get demonetized. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense if you're a punk. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. He looks fucking scary. He had a huge impact. The His fucking move set's a little different. A little bit. Mm-hmm. He is in good shape. Phenomenal shape. Uh, in the entrance, too. He's I mean, Dorito shaped, as Anya said. He's just <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> Or like he's a broad down boy. to his feet. He's a broad <laughs> like, boy. Uh, when he was coming out too, like the crowd was still doing the firefly thing with the li- the la- the lights, which was fucking cool. Yeah, um, it was fantastic. It was one of those like I don't know if I I can think of a a re debut that I've seen that has that much impact. Where it's like this is something pretty special right now. As far T- Taker when he came back as the dead man is like mm. the thing that I first went yeah. to. Okay. It's like the reimagining well, of Bray Wyatt is so cool. I sent it to Maria because she loves code orange. And, um, I think she's always been a little interested in Bray Wyatt. Cause she, when I watched with you, he was like a big deal. That's when like he was wrestling John Cena. So I sent it to her and she was like, this reminds me of like when I was a kid watching The Undertaker. Yeah. Like it has it, that same feel. Or like it reminded me a lot of like when Kane fucking debuted. Like, Fuck yeah. You like put yourself in that mindset or even when The Undertaker debuted, even though it wasn't as spooky, it was still just like, who the fuck is this person? Because it's so different than old everything. Old Booger Red. Yeah, old Booger Red. Old Kane The Undertaker. Um, like 
it's so different and it's so like such a different level than we've seen. Like well, even more than the, what the demon is and stuff. Well, like, and this doesn't exist in WWE right now. Like no. like something a little eerie, a little supernatural. Like, yeah, like and just the level to which it's done, how well it's done. Like yeah. that that lantern and like all the shit that he's been doing with Tom Savini's studio and like yeah. how good it all looks and yeah. how perfectly it's all packaged together. Like Ray knocked it out of the park yeah. with his and they, creative, and they, they let him do it. They didn't overproduce it. No. Like, WWE didn't have WWE's handprints all over it. No. They let it breathe. They yeah. let it be its thing. And then they had a quick match. Uh, Finn got a little bit of shine, but it was like 95-5. Yeah. And then he goes for Sister Abigail. Yeah. Doesn't get it. He- yeah. Oh, so he actually went for it. He didn't tease it. He okay. went for it, and then Finn Finn countered it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, he had, like, this weird mental breakdown. Yeah. yeah. No, that that was, like, the best part of the match. And then because... he just gets him with, with the, the mandible, mandible claw. Which I love. Me too. And then Mick Foley even said, that's Bray Wyatt's now. Please. And at the pre-show, Mick Foley was talking about, I love when wrestlers do this to keep kayfabe. He was talking about the science behind it. And he's like, there's... There's uh, these nerves under your tongue. So you press against those and you press against the one under your chin and it's debilitating. And I'm like, cool. You helped get over a move and just explained why it works. It's like when Stone Cold was talking about the stunner and why you have to kick him first and then you get him. And it's like, oh, okay. Like you're putting some thought behind this. It's not just, well, it looks cool. Yeah. It's like, no, this is why you would do this because it's going to debilitate you. It's going to take you out. It's going to do this, this, and that. Yeah. But Matt just did it to himself and he's out. <laughs> but going back to that mental breakdown part, it's like because the story that I'm getting from it is Bray Wyatt is having internal an internal battle with the fiend. Mm-hmm. And so like Bray Wyatt was trying to come out. He didn't like what he was doing to Finn. And then just, Oh no, Bray lo- Bray likes Finn. Yeah. Like on Twitter right now, Bray Wyatt keeps apologizing to people he's had like real actual like arguments and like real life sort of feuds with like now because Bray's a good guy now yeah Bray is an he's the Firefly Funhouse host yeah so like there's a clear delineation like the fiend is totally separate from him and he's fighting him internally but also he's not totally fighting him because he's like also letting it happen and it's just cool that that he has enough trust within the company that they're letting this so far be him yeah and because the, well, the second they put too much of themselves into it, it's over. Well, is it, is anything creative, and you get too many fucking cooks in the kitchen, too it's gonna cooks. it's too gonna get diluted. Cooks. And yeah. so I don't want that. I love that they didn't have a segment. They didn't mention shit about him mm-hmm. on Monday or Tuesday because this is something that needs to be special. You need to let it breathe. You need to let it sit and just fucking simmer and then when he shows up again you're like oh fuck yeah what's yeah. happening for sure they, it's a less is more situation I, I, I really want them to go back to like having a few firefly fun houses in a row that aren't that weird like like weird in the way the early ones were where it's like this is what's going on but it's not settling because of how wholesome it is yeah but not spooky at all yeah like the fiend needs to like build back like they need to build back up to the fiend it should be like back in the day like you don't see The Undertaker for a little bit, and then he shows back up, and you're like, mm. fuck yeah. Like, oh, okay, he's about to come decimate some mm. shit. I also, I hope that he steals a move from Finn that's, like, distinctly Finn's, and that's the thing he does now. Like, I don't want him to jump on anyone's No, chest. I don't want him to do the coup de gras. Like, <laughs> I, I do not want him, one, I don't want Bray to 
do the coup de gras at all. But also, I don't want him necessarily to steal everyone's finishers. Yeah, yeah. Steal something. Oh like man, I could the, see Bray doing like the sling blade the sling, or something. The sling blade would be perfect for Bray. Yeah, that to would do. be cool. Or even that corner drop kick, like something that's distinctly Finns, and like every single person he beats just steal one little thing from. He's just Kirby with her wrestling. Moves. Yeah, exactly. Or he's just gonna point his dick out. The fiend just <laughs> pointing his dick out at everyone. Yeah, he just comes out a little white short showing off his penis. Hey man, who wants to see my dick? Yahweh, wow, we look at it in his tiny little shorts. I got a lantern that's just shit like my dick, man. Glad <laughs> <laughs> comes out of the tip, man. It just has like the little white trunks on the bottom of the lantern. <laughs> oh, man. My little dick lantern has a dick. I got a dick lantern that also has a dick lantern. Oh. Dick lantern this inception. Pimp my dick lantern? Yeah, man. Yeah. Welcome to uh, Pimp My Dick Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fucking great. Weird thing I just said. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. What a match. Um, yeah. So like a week ago, I, I literally I could not give less of a shit about Seth, and they mm-hmm. managed to make me care about Seth through this you match. You and everybody in the mm-hmm. arena were the exact same because Seth comes in there, he's booed, Brock Lesnar's cheered, and then throughout this match, Brock Lesnar laid down the fucking beating of a lifetime, oh, and they God. made... Seth Rollins feel like a fucking underdog mm. hero. It was the moment that fucking Brock Lesnar picked up Seth Rollins by the rib tape and just swung him around like With a helicopter. Hand. And oh my God, and just tossed him. And it, just Paul It was Heyman. like Petey Pablo taking off his shirt and swinging like a helicopter. Yeah, I was like, I, wow. <laughs> uh, I did not think we were going to talk about Dick Lanterns and I did not think we were going to talk about Petey Pablo. Freak a leak. <laughs> Uh, but it was good. It got a lot of sympathy for Seth when Seth fucking got the upper hand and won the match. The oh, place went wild. It was a fucking reaction like we haven't seen in a long time. Brock Lesnar, I might get to meet for this. He's like the fucking best guy they have in the company. Honestly, I have changed in, in, my, in the, my on the main roster. Brock Lesnar. I have. I was definitely. Talent. I was definitely in the camp where I was like Brock. Brock's holding this title hostage. Oh, I know. We we got it. We got it all in yeah, the back. Yeah, it's all it's all on record, and I still feel that way. But it's I'm coming to realize like that's not Brock's fault. That's the utilization of everything else that was mm. under Vince's umbrella. No, it never it never has been the things the issues I have with Brock are when Brock's not motivated and he, and and he has been the last few paper. He has been, and like you can tell like. The difference between Vince run creative and Paul Heyman run this creative already. This was such already. a Paul Heyman match. Because under Vince, like if Vince was the one like booking everything right now and like being the only main creative voice and not having Paul Heyman there to give other ideas and be someone to like be the filter that then goes to Vince, Seth would have lost this match and Brock would still be champ. It would have been the same match except then the hero loses which then mm-hmm. like you're like okay what the fuck mm-hmm. yeah. because they gotta build heat yeah but you like they've already like they're just redoing Seth's last run with the belt already and like, it worked and it's wor- even it's, better than last time mm-hmm. because like last time it was it, it felt good to get the belt off Brock and stuff but it was still like that match was so underwhelming. It the was first still, one they had at yeah, Mania. It, it was cool, a cool way to start Mania but it was still not what we really wanted out of that match. And this is what we really wanted. So, And you, you saw like Brock working hard. He was trying to bust himself open hard way on the, uh, on the fucking ring post mm-hmm. against those little boards. Cause he hit twice. You could see him go mm-hmm. back and be like, hit me, throw me into him again. Cause he was slamming his forehead. Into those, mm-hmm. yeah. Trying to get cut on the corner. 
Um, they fucking threw Seth around. And like the thing I think that people were just really reacting to is they just kept fucking coming back up and like you just see that fucking hero come back up and you're like, fuck you, okay. Mm-hmm. Dude, when He's Seth takes out of the F5, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that mm-hmm. was a big so- sh- shocker for me because no one does that. And then we did the big-ass dive under the table. We're like, fuck, he's just going for it. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that, like, he hit a stomp within a minute of this match, mm-hmm. but then the match was still a long match. Like, And Brock just dominated him mm-hmm. throughout most of it. Yeah, because, yeah. like, that's what – initially I was like, oh, it's going to be, okay, Brock squash Seth. All right, let's see where this goes. Because I, I was already like mentally planning ahead for what's next for Brock in this title, you know, and then, but it's one of those things in hindsight, it's like, well, it makes sense, you know, I mean, Paul Heyman's now head of the creative director of Raw, it, there's a weird conflict of interest with Brock being that title holder, it's going to become an issue at some point, but the way of getting that title off Brock was amazing, I want to see more Brock and I want to see more Seth, and that's the best you can do uh, it, in a match. I want yeah. to see what they do with Brock without him having the title for the first time in years. How fucking good is Brock selling, by the way? So good. Oh, when he's motivated, it's yep. so good. Yep. So good. I would love, I honestly would love so hard to see, like, I think we were talking about it, uh, the, like a, like a face Brock, like Brock versus all the shitty gimmicks <laughs> of the last, like, year and a half of just like, oh, yeah, you got fucking... Elias out here with his guitar, I'll just go fuck him up or like whatever shitty heels are doing whatever shitty heels do. Yeah. I would also love him to just try to go for every title and fail for a little bit. Like, just like, yeah. He, after losing the title, he lost his mojo. And then we got to watch how Brock got his groove back. You can't do that with Brock because he's the only guy that feels special. That's true. Um, They posted a, WWE posted a thing on Instagram. Uh, today or yesterday, actually, that do you know how many people have ever beaten Brock twice? Any of you? Uh, Three. John Cena? Nope. Is Triple Kurt H? Angle one of them? Tr- nope. Kurt Angle, Seth, and me. Maybe. Fuck. It is. Has Roman oh, beat him um, twice? Goldberg. Oh. Uh, <laughs> those are the three people who have beaten Brock twice. Oh. Wow. So. Ever. And now Seth. Yeah, yeah. Seth, yeah. Seth Goldberg, Kurt oh, Angle. Oh, so Seth yeah. is one of the three. Yeah. Seth, oh. Brock, Seth, yeah. Kurt Angle, and uh, Goldberg. Damn, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. I was excited to watch both Raw and SmackDown this week. Guys, I watched all of Raw. Can you believe it? It was a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sasha Banks I only remember. Back. Okay, so let's just get into the hits. I know, we got so much yeah. to talk about still. Um. Sasha Banks came back in a wig, so Natty was in the ring. She was like, you know, I uh, didn't didn't win the match, but it's First been of a, all, it's we been gotta a say year though, since my dad passed. We got to say that whole thing was fucking weird because one, she got a less than lukewarm reaction when she came out. She started, she came off saying like kind of like face stuff of like, hey, I tried, but I lost. B- Becky did great, but I'm gonna win. Also, a year ago, my dad died, and then boom, Sasha's music. Yeah, hits. when her music hit, I was like. Oh, fuck. I had been waiting for it all night. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. like, the one time, I mean, I just, I assumed she was going to come back. I just never knew when. And the one time I decided to watch it, it yeah. something big happens. And I was just like, 
Holy she shit. She comes out, purple hair looking weird. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a fucking wig. I'm like, this looks a little strange. Something's happening. She gives Natty a hug and then just beats she the says, shit out of she her. She looks at her and goes, y- your father would be proud of you. It looks like she's going to go grab a mic and then just socks Natty in the face and then just starts raining hellfire yeah. down on her. Heal mm. Sasha is fucking And then rad. she said like, she whips, like, yeah. oh, you're so sad because your daddy's gone. Like yes. while she was on the ground, dude, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, so she whips that off. She has blue hair. She's fucking shit up. Uh, Becky comes down, and she just fucking and oh, Sasha man. starts going to work on Becky Sasha. with that chair in the fucking head with Sasha, the chair. Yeah, which is partially she did not care w- well, with that chair. That's also you partially on Becky. That's partially on Becky too, because yeah. Becky had her head up. Oh, okay. when she's getting hit in the back. But she was like repeatedly hitting her with not the like part of the chair you're supposed to. Yeah, but I'll say I, my guess, if I had to guess, I would say Becky had zero problems with that because that made, in that moment, the hottest angle that we have going into probably next Mania. <laughs> yeah, like... Or at least like Royal Rumble or Survivor or, Series. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, Hell in a Cell, too. Like, Oh, yeah. This, this is a feud made for Hell in a Cell. One, like, like, Sasha needs redemption for her last Hell in a Cell match because it was not... What it should have been? Nope. Well, and has Sasha's a heel been this aggressive in the past? Yes. Okay, because mm. Sasha's I guess I've N- just never N- seen NXT it. Sasha. Okay. Sasha's a heel's the like that's the only Sasha. Like I like she, Sasha. She's fine, but she needs to be a heel. Yeah, I mean, like her versus Bailey in NXT with her as a heel, like her making fucking Izzy cry and shit. Bailey super fan Izzy, like. It's she's such a good heel. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. So okay, we were talking about her and Becky for Mania. Her and Bailey wouldn't main event Mania though, right? Uh, Do you think they could? Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, yeah. The match would be better. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I fucking said it. But that's what like because that's the natural thing. Or the natural thing is the four horse women four way match. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the naturals Dustin Rhodes. But yeah, like I don't know. There's a lot they can do because like we got a lot of time till Mania. Remember, we just had the biggest party of the summer. It's true. It's we true. have what seven months. Okay. Still? Okay. Like, I always forget about Survivor Series. <laughs> I'm just like we have Clash, Mania. We have Clash of Champions. Oh yeah, Hell in a Cell yeah. Survivor Series. Like guys, we got some pay per views. Do you think Sasha's gonna take that belt? Soon. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I, I hope she gets a fucking sustained run for once. Yeah. Please. Yeah. She's she's defended it successfully. Once, I mean, to get to get her to come back, she had to. They they had to promise her something. To get her to come back, they said, "This is your contract, and you legally have to." (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I don't know when her contract is next up, but I think it's a couple years. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't Uh, matter if you're gone; they can extend your contract. Also, like, I think she was just burnt out, and I think just getting like some time away, like, well, look what Dean. Look what happened to Dean. I mean, it didn't happen in WWE, but. He took a break. Well, he quit, and then fucking went wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just good to get like recharge your batteries, like get like mentally healthy, and like get yourself back to well, it. Like I'm was... gonna guess she's been, like they sorted this out with her quite a while ago. Oh it's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, you're coming back. It's like after SummerSlam. Here's the angle. Like, let's yeah, because I mean, you got to think like not only was she justifiably angry about that women's tag title uh, switch to the Iconics. But also, like, Sasha Banks is one of the faces of the company, and I can only imagine, like, what kind of fucking press she had to do, what kind of meet and greet she was doing, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. I can imagine she got so burnt out. Mm-hmm. And, and she's not, like, like, you hear her in interviews, she doesn't like that side of things. Like, yeah. she's not, like, she she's a very private person compared to a lot 
of like people, yeah. you know, in the company and like a lot of other wrestlers. Like she just like obviously was burnt out. Like she put a lot of like effort into the those tag titles and stuff and then have that pulled out from under you and then having just going for so long. Like Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh it was I'm so excited to see what happens next. Um what else happened? What else happened on Ross Smackdown? That's all I That's the, that was the big stuff. They'd, SmackDown was really good. Mm-hmm. SmackDown was really good. Um the, oh. there was a very, very good Ember Moon and Charlotte match. Like Oh, and Buddy Murphy versus fucking Roman, dude. That, that match, I would yeah. I when I when we were talking about SummerSlam, I was thinking about that match on SmackDown with Ember and uh Bailey. Is that you said Ember, Ember and, it was Ember, Ember and Charlotte? That's right. SmackDown. That match was so fucking good. Mm. That match was really, really good. The one she had with Bailey at SummerSlam was good too. But that Buddy Murphy Roman Reigns match was a star amazing. Maker. Mm. It, it was seriously, it did wonders for Buddy Murphy's career. He was looking like fucking Kenny Omega out there throwing those knees around. Damn. <laughs> and then doing cool. the Kota Ibushi. Kamagoye. He, Kamagoye. He, you can tell yeah. all he did was watch the G1 and be like, I'm <laughs> taking these moves. Because mm. it wasn't like a WWE match. It was like he was hitting brain busters, B triggers, Kamagoyes, like hitting these weird. It was like, kind of like watching Roman Reigns in like an indie match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I liked Okay, it. that sounds dope. And I liked it. It was really, really good. Did mm-hmm. Roman look good in the match? Oh, Roman yeah, looked Roman great. looked great. Okay. And Roman's um, over as fuck right now. Yeah. Like, Ro- yeah, Roman was like selling his ass off for Buddy. Like, yes. Yeah. He, he was doing everything he could to make a Buddy. Star like, Buddy almost believably won like twice. And then Roman yeah. hit him with the spear and then like. It was over, but it was really, really good. Yeah, and then had a bunch of like, Daniel Bryan, Rowan, like Daniel Bryan's the best character. Daniel Bryan, okay, oh, he yeah. said a thing like when so like basically saying like oh the what Buddy said about Rowan isn't true because any someone will say anything if you have like their head up against a wall, mm-hmm. like pressed up against a wall. And then they did the exact same thing to him to get him to say he lied. Yeah. Like, it was such, like, good storytelling on Daniel Bryan's part. Oh, and it felt like such a mob movie where, so, like, they're cornering him and just beating the shit out of him. And he's, like, bad cop all over him just Mm -hmm. being like, say you lied, say you lied, you're a liar, say you lied. And then say, I hate liars and have Rowan keep beating him up. Exactly. It's so calm. It's like... And so it's like it, a yeah. serial and then, killer sociopath. Right, Buddy vibe. Murphy's like, okay, I lied, I lied. And he just looks at Rowan's like, I hate liars. And then <laughs> Rowan just finished him off. Just so calm. He's like, I hate liars. And it was just like oh, walked yeah, on. Yeah, it was just like mob boss. And dude. say, like, oh, oh next week, we, we did our own investigation. Next week, we'll tell you who did it. I love the cliffhanger. I know who it was. Mm. It was me, Roman. That was a bad Vince. Is that the but... pepperoni jabroni? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do impressions right now. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, Plenty of other people have already fantasy booked this, but God damn it, would be so good if it was Harper. I would love if it was Harper, or I love if it actually was Buddy Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope they actually team Buddy Murphy up with Roman. I think Buddy can be a face out of this. I think if you team him up with Roman against Rowan and Brian, that's a cool dynamic. that's 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 a good match. That'd be f- it's, it's, I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Buddy Murphy. It's big guy, small guy, the big guy and small guy on both sides. Like, 
Also, we can just see how ridiculous it would it was that Buddy Murphy was a cruiserweight when he stands next to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I love how they were saying in that match with Roman, they're like, he no, he no longer has to stick to the two, 205 mark. It's like he looks exactly the same as he, he did looks, in 205. And he looks 245. <laughs> he looks 100% the same as he did when he was booked to 205. Uh, it was great. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the G1. Yeah. Give us our final G1 update. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Kota Ibushi won the damn thing, and Kent is a part of Bullet Club. <laughs> that part... And, I... it, and fucking Shibata's back, maybe? Yeah. So he, he probably won't have a match. Who we'll, fucking we'll, knows? We'll, we'll because see, they but, surprised like, everybody the fact that he got physical. He was taking yeah. bumps. So I watched... That's the first thing I watched whatever morning that came up. It was on Twitter. It was just like... Um, I don't even know why. The, the thing in the... Um, it just knows what you you need. The thing, the description of the retweet didn't say anything. I was just like, "Oh, what's this?" Because you know, I don't even know why. I just clicked on yeah, it, yeah. watched it. Um, Kenta, who did he beat up? Ishi. He put a he did the GTS on motherfucking Ishi, dude. He put, yeah. he put him to sleep, which yeah. is crazy. That's a heavy boy. And then just when, joins Bully Club when Shibata comes out. And just beats the shit so out of all I, of them. I loved it because it's like in the middle of the match, he didn't get the tag. Um, like he jumped off the apron, um, goes into the ring, GTS's Ishii, and then Tamatanga gets the pin. They're like, oh shit, what the fuck? And so Yoshihashi comes in and is like, dude, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> why am oh, I not asleep right now? So so Kenta was tagging with Ishii? Ishii and Yoshihashi. Oh, okay, okay. And so then... Yoshihashi comes in and is like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing? And then they beat up Yoshihashi. Uh, Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors come in, who are the young lions, come in that had been teaming with Kenta. And they're like, dude, what's, what are you doing? They beat the shit out of them. And then, like, Kenta was, like, about to say some shit. And then Shibata comes out of nowhere, fucking starts laying him his stiff-ass forearms. Which is, like... I don't oh, even know what to make of that. Already, you're like, okay. Well, so takes I was, off his fucking shirt and he's jacked still. And then, then he started getting hit, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" They didn't hit him in the head or face. Well, yeah, but he but still so was taking cleared moves. for in ring action, taking bumps, which also reminds us back to WWE at SummerSlam. Edge came out and and got some offense in. So mm-hmm. I don't he hit know. a spear on Elias. So was, I don't know if he's, I, he will never be cleared again. He literally, he, like, he's literally said a million times he has. So you're supposed to have 10 centimeters of padding on your spine. Yeah, yeah. He has one. Right. He has one centimeter of padding on his spine. Right. He he's can't. not he's not coming back. But to be cleared to even do an offensive maneuver means that they're accepting yeah. that his, liability that he his, could get injured in the ring. Spear's weak as shit. No one's <laughs> ever gotten hurt by that move. I but it means something. I don't think that would have happened a few months ago. So Shibata had bleeding on bleeding on his brain. Um and so he was in there though, but he wasn't just taking like an easy spear. He was throwing bows. Um, he took a PK from Kenta. He did a giant drop kick in the corner. Fucking killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Oh my Didn't god. Didn't Kenta sit on top of him? Oh, he did the Shibata yes. pose oh, right on top of the Shibata. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was crazy. It's like they're building to something, but what are they building to? Either I mean, if it's not him, it'd be Ishii versus Kenta. I, I feel that'll happen before uh, Wrestle it's Kingdom. It's happening at the British show. Royal Quest. Mm, Royal Quest. So the thing is, is like, are they going to do a Bret Hart-Vince McMahon match at Wrestle Kingdom like they did at that WrestleMania? Because essentially, Bret Hart had a stroke. He had post-concussion syndrome really bad, so he couldn't take any bumps. 
but he was cleared enough where they'd let him go in the ring and beat up an old man and swing a chair around yeah for 30 minutes <laughs> you think they did kenta versus shibata at wrestle kingdom maybe i would love it uh who's to say who knows people but it's, people it's were saying that that he's like as far as they know he isn't cleared but also nobody knew this was happening yeah and also a lot of people are like oh my god i finally care about the bullet club again it's like welcome back motherfuckers i knew you'd be back <laughs> I need fucking. I care back. about. They just need like a big thing to happen. I care about now, like maybe three people in Bullet Club. Uh, Jay White. No, Dude, like, I mean he's I fine. Liked, I kind of like Jay White. I, I, he, he's winning me over. I don't know. I like him better with a goatee. I like Tomatonga. Yeah. I like Tomatonga. I like Kenta. I don't know. I kind of like um, Chase Owens. <laughs> Chase, yeah, I mean, I kind of like Chase Owens. I, uh, TJ Ishimori and uh, yeah, ELP. There, there are people I like. It's just like they're they're rebuilding. It's it's. Yeah, no, it'll take some work. It's good. I'm I'm happy with that. That was fucking sick. Um, Ishii had the was the MVP, if you will, because he had on average the highest star rating of matches. Because he's a fucking he's a fucking bulldog. He is so fucking good. He's tough and hard. <laughs> so says so says That's his my dick man. So says his shirts, which I'm like I'm not wearing that. But <laughs> my dick's also tough and hard, man. It's tough, tough and hard. It's tough and hard because I beat it so much, man. It's taken a lot of abuse. Currently bruised. <laughs> I I punch it. That's all I can. That's all I can do now to come is I have to punch it. Yeah, we wowie. When I when I have a hold of it, I'm pretty gentle. But once the fiend gets a hold of it, oh my god! <laughs> I stuck it in an air fryer once. <laughs> Beats it like he caught it breaking into his house. You look like it owes me money, man. Uh, yeah, wrestling. What a good what a good weekend for professional wrestling. Uh, loved it. Yeah. Next really good weekend's the thirty first. All out. You have uh, Royal Quest, NXT UK, and All Out, mm. all in one day. Yeah, that's a big day. But they're like not time wise competing with each other, which is interesting. Uh, uh, Takeover and Royal Quest are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, you can watch Takeover later. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. I will because I want to see Tyler Bate and Walter, and I want to see Joe Coffey and fucking Mastiff be big against mm. each other. A lot of beef. Probably Rhea Ripley and Piper Niven. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, there we go. Mm. That was it. That's that was wrestling. wrestling. That was wrestling. Goodbye. Bye. I've prepared a presentation for you all. Oh, PowerPoint. Yes, the PowerPoint that I put on my Because this week is my week that I picked. My week. My week. Uh, So this week we're going to be deep diving into the Guerrero wrestling family, which I am not the most knowledgeable about that family at this table. We'll say now for sure. But I'm not going to pipe in at all because this is his thing. It's me, guys. I know so much about the Guerrero family. So here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was thinking. He stole it from me. I'm going to give what I know. Uh, what the research that I know that I that I got, and then no, we'll, I told you we'll, we'll I'm not... pepper it in. No, I told you this is your thing. Okay, all right. I'm excited because you are always very prepared. Uh, I'm not very prepared, so I actually really do. <laughs> you have want... a notebook, though. I have a notebook, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but so yeah, I mean, let's pepper in. We'll have a conversation. Yeah, but I did yeah. write some things down, starting with the patriarch of the Guerrero wrestling family, which Gory Guerrero. Who was one of the first like major stars of Lucha Libre wrestling? Oh, okay. Uh, and kind of interesting. So he was born in 1921. Damn, old man. He's an old man. He died at the age of 69. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, R.I.P. Though. Uh, he was born Salvador Guerrero Quesada. 
uh, in Arizona. Didn't know that. Uh, his parents were migrant workers. Oh, sick. Yeah. Uh, but he moved to Mexico when he was nine when his mom died. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Uh, Gory's mom. Well, it's also like how Eddie actually isn't from Mexico either. Yeah. But he, uh, you weren't going to pipe in. I'm just saying. <laughs> I made it in three sentences. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so when he was 16, he joins a gym to learn boxing, but ends up getting trained in Lucha Libre. I mean, not by accident. He he found Lucha Libre. This isn't boxing. <laughs> Wait, this is boxing? No, he he pursues the path of, of, of Lucha Libre being trained by Diablo Velasco. Okay, I don't know. And uh, El Indio Mejia. Also, very sorry if I uh, pronounced these names uh, incorrect. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so he debu- he debuted. Debuted. He debuted. Uh, he debutted in uh, 1937. Wow. And professional wrestling uh, as Joe Morgan. Hmm. Big Joe Morgan. <laughs> Weird name. <laughs> yeah, at 16 years old. Uh, Joe Morgan. Uh, he adopted the name Gory Guerrero, though, because his matches were bloody as fuck. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I was like, that's sick as hell. Uh, and then Guerrero means warrior. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he wrestled in EMLL. Again, sorry for the pr- pronunciation. Empresa Mexicana de la Lucha Libre. Uh, Which is now CMLL. CMLL. Okay. I was going to ask if it's still going. Yeah. Uh, but he wrestled there in 1943 to 1966. Uh, and then in the late 40s, he was tagging with a very, very, very famous El Santo. Damn. As a, oh my God, La Pareja Atomica, the atomic pair. Oh, sick. Uh, and they were undefeated, like the whole, their whole run together. Of course undefeated. It was, it was El Santo. Like, yeah. They just, you're fuck not it. beating him. They just ran that shit. They were fucking stars. Gory Guerrero was a fucking star in Mexico. Was uh, he in any of his movies? I don't know. Uh, but one of uh, Gory's sons was a stuntman for a large part of his life. Sick. Uh, in movies. Um, but uh, yeah, so Gory worked in the Indies throughout the late 60s. He began training. Uh, in the late 60s with Dory Funk Sr. of the Texas Territories. Uh, so that's where he got into training. And okay. he trained all of his sons. He retired in 1985 and sold auto insurance until he died. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. So he had four sons. So. Yeah. No. no. Oh, oh. Also, Gory Guerrero invented a lot of the moves that we know today. Gory Special, Gory Bomb. The Camel Clutch. The Camel Clutch. The Widow's Peak, which is the Gory Bomb. Uh, yeah, the gory special. I mean, any of like it's like the modified backbreaker, and anytime anyone does it, it seems like they're really good at shouting them out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, super innovative, and one of the first big stars of lucha libre wrestling. Cool. So he had four kids, and uh, first was Chavo Classic, <laughs> former cruiserweight champion Chavo Classic. Yeah, Chavo Senior was born in 1949. Uh, and he was a big wrestling star in UWF, AWA, Japan, NWA, and throughout the 70s and the 80s. Mm. Uh, the Mountain Goats wrote a whole record about him. Yeah. <laughs> that song is great. Check out Beat the Champ by the Mountain Goats. Uh, yeah, and he's the father of Chavo Jr. Uh, okay. Chavito. Li- yeah, who later teamed with Eddie Guerrero. And Ch- and his dad. And his dad. <laughs> Against Eddie. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Chavo's the oldest. Uh, then came Mondo Guerrero, Armando Guerrero. Uh, who debuted in 1974, and uh, he wrestled most of his career in the California territories. Okay, and he was a movies a stuntman in movies from the 80s to the early 2000s. Cool. So with um Chavo and Mondo, like they were super big in California. Yeah, 
Like that that's where like a lot of people got to know like um Chavo and Mond, like the Guerreros in general in the mm-hmm. US. Like that's where was like through that was in California. That Mountain Goat song is like from that era where he's like that's yeah. he would stay up and he'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Um uh Armand, Mondo Guerrero was actually also the uh trainer for for the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh so he he trained all them. Um which so, is perfect now because Chavito is on the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, then third came Hector Guerrero, uh, the gobbly gooker. <laughs> uh, is that all he did? Dude, honestly, uh, other than that and being a commentator for TNA <laughs> in 2007, uh, I couldn't find a lot about him. Wow. Uh, other, like As far as accolades go. He just teamed with his brothers and yeah. like mm-hmm. the NWA and then um, was the gobbly gooker. So if I had to guess, that's a good hand, good mechanic. Um. And then uh, in 1967 came Eddie Guerrero, uh, who most people have never heard of, uh, in, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Just no, kidding. Yeah, he is one, he is, he's one of the most uh, recognizable, most famous names in professional wrestling, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seriously, he brought Lucha Libre to the United States, one of the people who brought Lucha Libre to the United States, and just a fucking ball of charisma. Mm-hmm. And. It was impossible not to root for Eddie. I mean, his whole thing was, I lie, I cheat, I steal, and everyone was like, fuck yeah, you do, and we love you for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Was he one of the first positive representations of a Mexican in WWE? Um... It's tough, because even then, like, lie, cheat, steal thing? Yeah, but, but like... like, You you love him. He was the first, like... um, No, he wasn't even the first world champion, because Pedro Morales, no? Mm. Okay. Pedro Morales was... Okay. Was there, but no, like, at least my uh, time frame and era, yeah. To anybody like around my age, yeah, Eddie Guerrero was like one of the biggest influences in wrestling mm-hmm. um, today. Um, well, Sha Banks Pe- is a Pedro, wrestler because of him. Pedro mm-hmm. Morales was uh, Puerto Rican, yeah. correct? Yeah. So, But it just anybody Latino, usually mm. we like get lumped in as the same we sort kinda of We kind of gravitate yeah. towards, yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, and we could talk about Eddie more. We talked was, about him a bit on the, on the show already was, before. It was but... different because it wasn't like a luchador. Because like you know you'd you'd bring in like a mil mascaras or something like that, and they'd be a big thing for like a minute, or they'd bring in other people to like WCW, but they'd be luchadors. It's like oh this is you know like mil mascaras. This is fucking Blue Demon Junior. This is Doctor Wagner Junior. This is whoever. Doctor Wagner. <laughs> but it wasn't like a, a like a real guy in like a territory like that and like a world stage. Because mm. again like Chavo uh, Senior. Great run in California, doing like the NWA stuff. Like, it just, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know what else what we could even say about Eddie. He has some of the most iconic matches. Uh, I love him to death. Uh, fucking him beating Brock Lesnar and winning that title is still one of the coolest moments in WWE mm-hmm. history. Um, yeah, he was one of my favorites growing yeah, up. He was fighting for a child. One of the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sum- SummerSlam 2005. <laughs> a ladder match for custody of a uh, Dominic. God, we were. We- <laughs> Issa and I were talking about that before we were recording, and that match is fucking ugly, but it's so good. Like they, they're some of the worst bumps I've ever seen Ugh. in my life. In that, and it's match. him and Ray, right? Yeah. Um, and also, like 
it, they're like just ladder spots that are just they're bad they, but like you can tell they're just going for it because they do not give a fuck if they either of them get hurt right. like Jeez. they're putting they're all into it i need I, to watch some old ray when he dude i will say they have a brain and, and, halloween and, havoc halloween 96. havoc ray mysterio versus eddie guerrero 1996 yep. that match it holds up is amazing yeah. so one of the matches i think everybody needs to check out because this is the one that actually got um eyes on eddie guerrero in the united states um, was World's Collide Triple A. It was hosted in L.A. It was uh, Octagon and El Hijo del Santo versus uh, Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero. So Art Bar was Eddie's tag team partner in Triple A. Art Bar is the one who did the frog splash, so that's why Eddie did it. Because oh, cool. Art Bar passed away. Mm. He did in tribute to him. Okay, I didn't know that. Cool. And so everybody needs to watch that match. Two out of three falls uh, hair versus mask match. Yeah. It was great. Mm. I love Lucha de Apuesta matches because I just... It's just such a cool fucking trope. And it's like one of those things, yeah, where it's like in those matches, it's like there is something on the line. Like, because like the mask, drastic the mask the means so much in Mexico, and especially with a wrestler like El Santo was really big. Well, El Hilo del Santo was just as big, if not bigger. Yeah. And so having him putting his mask on the line there. And, mm. like, and really cool thing about Eddie, too, is like he gave up his mask like like he he voluntarily gave up his mask, which was like the biggest fucking heel thing he could have done in Mexico at the time. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. he realized that like how much heat he was going to get for that was like a thing you didn't do at the time. Like he voluntarily gave it up so that he never lost it. So people fucking hated him down there. For and it. another cool thing about Eddie Guerrero was he was Black Tiger. Yeah, in Japan. Yeah. In Japan. Um, other famous Black Tigers are Rollerball Rocco from the UK. And um, Rocky Romero. Okay, and nice. Silver King. Is oh yeah, R.I.P. This is Black Tiger and Tiger Mask different. Uh, Black Tiger is his arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, Derek, have you ever watched an anime? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Come on, I'm and, a minor weeb. But it is like one of those things too, where because I grew up watching like Los Guerreros, you know, obviously like so Chavo Junior and his uncle Eddie. You know, and Chavo Sr. was there thwarting things, and it was fun. And at the time, Chavo Classic, Chavo mm-hmm. Classic was there. Uh, and it, I don't know, I don't, I don't think the the significance wasn't there for me when I was younger, as it is more now. It's like that is a I mean, that's a legacy of a family that is deeply rooted in professional wrestling. I like not just them, but their whole families, their mm-hmm. wives, their kids. Uh, like Eddie's daughter is a, a wrestler. She was like she worked uh, at the was it when it was FCW. Okay, mm. as a uh, Raquel Diaz, uh, she's Shaw married Guerrero. to yeah Shaw Guerrero. She's married to Aiden English. Yeah, um, which was cool when um, during the Rusev Day run, Aiden won a match with the with the frog splash. Yeah, it ended the like the chest thing, uh-huh. like pounding thing in yeah. tribute to Eddie. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, it seems like wrestling families in general, like there's the Hearts, mm-hmm. there's. Uh, the exactly. Samoan dynasty. Exactly. Like, and, 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 Anawai, come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one of the families is for sure the Guerrero wrestling family in Mexico. Like, it, that's just one of those legacies that's huge. Um, it's, like, it's also, like, unfortunately, because of Eddie's, like, untimely death in 2005, uh, which was unfortunate, but we did end up then getting the character of Vicky Guerrero, which, say what you will, is one of the more oh, memorable... It, it's yeah. great. Uh, his like, character. That's his actual wife? Wife, yeah. Okay, okay. And like he loved the fuck out of her, and like she stood by him through. Oh yeah, when he got fired, mm-hmm. and when he was just going down a shitty road, and he was yeah. doing drugs and drinking so hard, 
I mean, it was his addictions that ended up. I mean, like he got clean and sober, but I mean, it just did such a toll on him that he, he, you know, his heart couldn't take it. And like he had a pre-existing condition, anyways. Yeah. Um. But then we got Vicky Guerrero as like one of the more like memorable characters of when I was watching. Like, uh, when, as far as a manager, when her, like her last like full time run, and she like goes. Uh, Stephanie into like that pool of shit or whatever, <laughs> and then she did like the Eddie fucking like shimmy thing and chest bump. I was like, fuck yeah, that was yeah, so cool, yeah. And if you guys want to see a wild match that you never would have thought uh, it could have existed for Eddie Guerrero, there's an indie match that's Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio versus CM Punk. IWA Mid South. Oh mm-hmm. shit, yeah, weird. Yeah, it's the weirdest say Eddie Guerrero headlined the first ring of honor show. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. That period of time when he'd been fired from the company, it was like this one year period. Um, and he had approved to them that, that he could be clean and that he wasn't going to get fucking DUIs and do all this shit. And I, I love that Eddie Guerrero. He's still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's like, when we first started this podcast, we watched some Eddie Guerrero matches and probably for the classic, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just so good. Everything like, about charisma and passion, and like the, the that fucking fiery passion is like that's just him. Because mm-hmm. like when everything went to fucking hell in that match with uh, for Dominic Cassidy, yeah. when Vicky <laughs> didn't come here, I know I've talked about it a million times. He takes that shitty bump. He's like, "Where's Vicky? <laughs> Fuck her!" <laughs> And then just like he shot on Kurt Angle for real backstage. Because yeah, he was a fucking, he would, Latino Heat was not just a fucking gimmick. And yeah. like after everything called down, somebody's like, why? Because yeah. like, I'm, I'm stupid. fucking stupid. Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite promos is before that le- match with Lesnar. Oh, it's so fucking Dude, good. Dude, and he's just like, he doesn't blink, I don't think, in the whole thing. And he's like looking, and Lesnar's just like, you're nothing. Like, I, you, I could beat you, Eddie. You're a fucking, like, I mean, he said some racist shit. And he's like, you suck. I'm going to beat you. And Eddie just straight up was like, but I believe him to this day. He was just like, when I look at you, I see my past demons. And I beat them. And I'm going to beat you. Like, because that's what I see when I look at you. He's everyone who told everything. He's like, everyone who told me I couldn't do it. Like, that's what I see when I look at you. And I'm going to win. And he fucking did. And it was awesome. He was just jumping into the crowd. Fucking mm. getting goosebumps. Dude, about yeah. When he, when he came out, like. After the the next night or whatever SmackDown after he won that title and there was just balloons falling and the crowd he was just in the mm-hmm. crowd he was a man of the people like he was someone everyone could get behind and like I don't know because he could do the comedy he could do the serious stuff he can go in there and back it up um, he had the charisma and just like everybody knew his story mm-hmm. of like real life. Eddie with Hawaii. Yeah. Guerrero. And it was never an experience that I necessarily lived ever, obviously, because I'm white. But like a lot of the, the kids that I wa- grew up watching wrestling with were Mexican, you know, Caldwell. It's just, mo- it's a lot of Hispanic families. And so a lot of the families that we watched wrestling with, I like, they loved Eddie. And like, I loved Eddie by how much he meant to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know Isai could speak to that to a personal level. But just like from, from my experience, I loved Eddie Guerrero because of how much I know he meant to everybody. Like on different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the fucking best. And like, just like that title win was, was just like, it was a very monumental moment. And it's really funny when they were talking about it. Everybody, um, like I've listened to Bruce Pritchard talk about this. Everybody wanted to make sure. And like, they, like he was the backstage champion. Everybody was just so happy because he was everybody's guy. He was the fans' guy. He was. The boys in the backs guy too. Mm, Everybody yeah. respected and loved Eddie as a person. Um, like Dave Batista, like talks about it. Like 
um, he was the reason why, like, the boys in the back accepted him is because of Eddie Guerrero. Like, Eddie was, like, his essential, like, like stuck up for him. was like, hey, this guy's cool. Like, Yeah. Do you think Dave Bautista ever bought him an omelet? <laughs> probably. He probably bought him more than an omelet. Mm, probably. Like, he has that whole fucking, like, lowrider tripped out for Eddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the whole, and it all goes back to Gory. I mean, like. But I, I will say this also will go back to Gory. Yeah. He was so in that old school wrestling mentality. It's a right. brotherhood that when Daniel Pewter got the ring with Eddie Guerrero, Chris Oof. Benoit, and uh, Hardcore Holly, he got the living shit kicked out of him yeah. for almost breaking Kurt Angle's arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. my God. He um, they he was murdered <laughs> on TV. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Royal Rumble. What? Like 2004? 2004 or five. Yeah. Yeah. He just gets it's, it's a rough time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like that that passion for the wrestling business was instilled in all of them, you know, and Gory had that same thing. So it's just a really iconic family. And then like not to gloss over Chavo Jr., like No, no. It's still um instilled in him because he is a multiple time tag team champion with Eddie. Right. Um he was a cruiserweight champion. Um he's still wrestling to this day. He's still wrestling and he's still I just saw him. Yeah, and he's yeah. like the so he does all the wrestling training for the Netflix Glow now. Oh, okay, like, okay. Um, hearing him like interviewed about what that process is like, he is like he's basically directing all the wrestling stuff like on that show because he has to make sure it looks like wrestling. Like they've given him that level of trust to like one train them and then like say like, hey, this is how you have to shoot what wrestling. So like he's like. It's a very different take on like propelling that like Guerrero legacy forward, but like he's bringing wrestling into mainstream in a way that's really underappreciated. And like, and him as a worker is super underappreciated he's too. So good, like yeah, like I glossed over him in our fucking <laughs> a deep dive, but yeah, he seriously the whole family. And he does the fucking frog splash now, like Freddie mm-hmm. and like the three amigos. And when I just saw him, like fuck yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when I was a kid and I saw them live come out. And the fucking low rider, I'm like, this is my shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Let's uh bust out a couple rounds of the classic. There we go. Uh I don't remember who it is. First match, Aja Kong versus Kyrie Sane. Oof. So it's um it would be the fucking funniest match. Yeah. Because the tiniest person versus like the biggest person. Mm. Yeah. Um, I feel that. Aja Kong is way more important to wrestling than Kyrie is. Yes. Kyrie is a fantastic worker, and we get to see that a lot more often than not. Um, a lot of her matches, especially as uh, Kyrie Hojo in Stardom, are very fucking good. And she's kind of just starting. Like, I guess not, but. No, like, she's been wrestling a while, but yeah, she's Aja still Kong has more of a legacy. And Aja Kong has a lot more experience wrestling smaller wrestlers you mm-hmm. know and so i i think in a if it came down to it head to head in a match i would put aja kong i would over say Kyrie. aja kong yeah and like because yeah we haven't seen Kyrie do anything with people we've seen people with bigger than her but no one like aja kong especially because yeah. like i feel like what you would want to do and with wrestlers like these is you wouldn't want to do a tournament style with them necessarily or like a tournament match would be like the first of a series of matches where you'd have Kyrie lose like two matches and then like finally overcome like for a really big match later mm-hmm. on. Um, Cause then you could call back and be like, Oh, she couldn't beat her this time. And then like another big match or she couldn't beat her that time. So what makes you think she's going to do it this third time? That's the whole fucking storyline. Mm-hmm. And then she finally does. 
But this would be the one where he doesn't beat her. We've already mm-hmm. seen Kyrie Sane win a tournament. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I I would say Aja Kong too. Um, she's way more important to wrestling. Yeah, I'm definitely not gonna win this tournament. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> a lot um, of your people are going against each other too. Um, well, next week is Ember Moon versus Monkey Ito, and I have never watched her wrestle yet. I just like her Twitter. Um, Hikaru Shida versus Mia Yim. Um, so this is tough. This was a random pick for me. I picked Hikaru Shida because I liked her entrance at AEW. She was the Freddie Mercury gimmick. Yeah, mm. No, no. She, um, she like she has a sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I picked her because she has a sword, and she was she had a good showing. She looked the most confident in that three way match or in that three on three match uh-huh. to me. Um, she's fine. I watched a bunch of her matches. She's, she's, she's a solid worker. She's fine. She's nothing special yet. She could get there. Yeah, she's only like she's only thirty one years old. She wrestled for Ice Ribbon. Um, fine. She teamed with. Uh, she had a bunch of matches against Oscar, which were fun to watch. And uh, Kenny. She had a tag team match um, with Oscar and someone else with her and Kenny, mm-hmm. and that was fun to watch too. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so she's worked with Kenny a bit. Like, she's she's just she's cool. She has a sword. That's why I picked her. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Like, there was some stuff that I was watching from Shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she she didn't look out of place there. Um, but is she the head baddie in charge? No. Um, I feel this is a bad week for me AM to be here because right now what's <laughs> sticking out is the NXT match. Uh-huh. But that aside, I think she's really fucking good. She's really good. That was. A weirdly bad match. And... That just it's something like it's like one thing went wrong. I think we talked about it there. It's like you wake up like late, and then like next thing you know, you stub your toe, you lose your keys. Mm. Like things just kind of snowball really quick. Yeah, like yeah. I think the match. Like I sent a match that's her versus Matt Riddle. Like mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's fucking it's good. It's fucking great. Like she, it's not just like that. Matt Riddle is like she's mostly like you know selling and like getting thrown around by Riddle, but like when she fires up and also hits a Canadian destroyer on him off the top rope in that match like it's like she's really fucking good yeah she's really good a lot of her indie stuff like it showed how good mm-hmm. she is she did a lot of intergender wrestling mm-hmm. and she's also like she's totally changed her character and her style and like been successful in a couple of different ways like in tna like she was a very different wrestler. part of a uh, dollhouse yeah she was literally like anime doll girl like named jade yeah and she was all very good in that role too, like multiple time women's tag champ there. And, and CZW, like, her and Adam Cole would make out. Huh. All right, yeah, hey. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That, yeah, that was the gimmick. She's really good. I think she's really good, and I think she would move forward in this. Mm-hmm. She would hit her with a fucking package pile driver. This is our tournament. We allow pile mm-hmm. drivers. Well, yeah, cool. So Aja Kong and me and me move on. Uh, what's up? Match. Both mine. Nice. I think those are my first two that have won. All right. Who's I don't think next? I have any. Well, I think I think Nikki Cross is in the second round. Um. Yep. That's all I got. I fight for mine pretty hard. I think that's all I'm gonna get. Wait, did I pick Bailey? No, that was me. Yeah, that's I, all. That's I, I have the teams. I can send them. That's to all, everyone's that's all I'm gonna get. Reminder. I fought um, for Bailey. <laughs> Next week, I think I'm going to have another awakening. So first round, or the first match we're going to talk about is Ember Moon versus Maki Ito. Second match, Bull Nakano versus Sue Young. Fuck yeah. That's that's a really fucking good matchup. Also, I saw that Sue Young is fighting uh, Orange Orange Cassidy Cassidy at Prestige. Prestige. Oh, shit. 
gonna be fuck. That's the fucking most buck wild match. The undead bride versus fucking hot boy Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Hell yeah. I Hell just, yeah. I just. This is me being very ignorant. I assume Sue Young was a legend. Uh, <laughs> she, she's a little. She's a little bit. Like I mean, on the, she's been around for a while, but I know, she's I've so active. Heard that, I've definitely heard her name. She yeah, dated Jerry Lawler, but oh, like, wow. Bull, Bull Nakano married like, to Rich Swan. Yeah, Bull Nakano's a legend for sure. Bull Nakano's tall one, hair. Bull Nakano's one that is like uh, often name checked when it comes to like uh, modern wrestlers' favorite. Yeah, yeah, and the tallest hair, tall hair, tall hair, colorful hair. We'll see if she sacks up to my girl Hokuto. We'll see how it goes. Um, Different style of worker. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that's way taller classic. hair. I like tall hair. Oh, uh, oh! <laughs> what is, you, what is, Matt? If we're are we officially done with the classic for this episode? Yes, because yeah. I I, I re- just remember that I watched the first episode of uh, Steve Austin's new show. Oh, really? It was ridiculous. Yes, yeah. yeah. It was just was him. It, and, it was just Rob Riggle. Him and Rob Riggle just like hanging out in a tank and shit. Yeah, they were like running over cars in a tank. They were shooting crazy guns. Uh, Steve Austin gets a good interview out of him, but it's okay. like on TV. It's like they have to do crazy. They like deep fry whole chickens. <laughs> it's like. Uh, <laughs> It's like they, right. they get. Uh, he's, it's a good interview around just some ridiculous, like quote unquote, manly shit. Okay. Uh, I was intrigued. Okay. I'll Straight might, up, might, Steve Austin. Straight might, up, Steve. I might watch it if there's a guest I really I'm like. Oh, my boy, Steve. Yeah, I think the next week is like that dude from Impractical Jokers. <laughs> I'm here with Sal from Impractical yeah. Jokers. Yes. Sal, goddamn, you guys are funny as hell, man. You guys are in the mall. What? You guys are making people laugh. What? what? You guys are shaking your butts. What? <laughs> and then you guys all look creepy as hell, man. What? What are you guys doing? I laughed so hard, I damn pissed my pants, man. Damn. I almost spilled my goddamn uh, IPA, but you know what? I can't waste that. That El, Sa- El Segundo Bruins broke a skull IPA. I did watch him on Thanks, Hot Steve. Ones today. Oh, I can't wait till, I'm gonna watch that when I get home. And like, Same here. It's funny because like there's a lull at one point, and then Steve just goes, "What else you got?" Because he's like waiting for him <laughs> to ask him a question. Like Steve is a much better interviewer than that dude is. Yeah. Um, I love Sean Evans. No, Sean Evans is a good, he's great, but really well Steve, researched. Steve is a a better interviewer. Let's keep the damn conversation going, kid. Uh, come on, I'm I'm not the only ball guy here that can start a goddamn conversation. You think these wings are gonna hurt me? No, oh hell no! You don't ask me some good questions, son. I'm gonna drop you on that stack of dimes you call a neck. I regret not turning down my headphones earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. All right, well that's the show, everybody. That's the fucking show, the Steve Austin show. Thank you all for listening. Russell Boys 316 says what? Summer nights and Miller lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Hulo, Hulo. Yeah.